You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Three Mall. Welcome to the Three Mall Bonus Edition. I am your host, Cole Mambach, joined, as always, by former Kansas State wide receiver and partner at Wildcat NIL, Curry Sexton. Great to be back with Curry this week, as uh, we weren't able to get a show done last week just due to a crazy, chaotic schedule for both of us. So we apologize that we weren't able to do one, but we are back as part of our weekly cadence, and we're here to talk about another Kansas State victory, a dominating Kansas State victory, 41-3 to over TCU. But before we dive in on that, I was actually hanging out with Curry uh, last Thursday in Manhattan at Colbert Hills. You guys have heard us talk about this before. Uh, the golf tournament for Wildcat NIL for the Players' Cats Classic, Wildcat NIL supporting the K-State men's basketball team. We were there as part of the Three Maw crew doing uh, live shows with uh, Coach Tang. We had Coach Malagy on, associate men's basketball head coach. We had Austin Carpenter, director of player development. Franklin Miskelly, director of video and analytics with the staff. First time there. We did our pregame show from there. It was an awesome, beautiful day uh, with a lot of great K-Staters that were there supporting K-State men's basketball. And Curry, maybe just to start things off, what, what did you think of the uh, the event and how it went on Thursday? We were, you know, I guess for starters, we were just very, very pleased with how things turned out. Um, obviously, an event like that, you know, a, a pretty elaborate event that we planned, you know, that we started planning about six weeks before the event itself. Uh, you know, all things considered, we were very pleased. And, and obviously, um, things really came together due to the generosity of a lot of, you know, important K-State supporters. And, and uh, you know, I, I, you know, we, we had... We, we had an NIL event in Salina this summer um, in the backyard of a K-State donor. And obviously, you know, 75 or 80 people there. And then Ashley, Ashley MacArthur from, uh, from Long MacArthur was there. And she said, in the MacArthur, you know, Long MacArthur had been very involved in the NIL space. And she said, hey, I, I really want to help you guys put on, on an event for Coach Tay. And so when this event came, you know, to light when it became a possibility, we contacted her and asked if she would want to be a part of it. And she just said, yeah, actually, I want to help you plan. It. And so she was a huge help and really took a lot of the burden off of our shoulders so we could just focus on, you know, selling teams, selling sponsorships, getting people in the door, getting good auction items on the table. Um, and it really turned out to be a heck of an event. Obviously, you know, we had a lot of different stuff going on that day. We had you guys there filming you know, on the, on the southwest side of the clubhouse, we had Holiday Distillery, one of your sponsors there. Um, he did a Bloody Mary and Irish coffee bar and then a vodka mule, vodka lemonade bar. And then he did a whiskey tasting during the auction. Uh, we had a DJ playing on the patio. Um, you know, we had all kinds of different stuff going on throughout the day. We had massage chairs. We had a cigar concierge. Uh, Lon Kruger, a guy and his team in a hole in one. It was just uh, from start to finish, it was a really, really positive day. It was a great day for K-State men's basketball and NIL for that team. Obviously, there are some things that, you know, we, we will do better in the future. But but all in all, given the timing, given the short lead time, very pleased with how things turned out. Curry, it was a whole run. I mean, I was there, man, and we, we were blown away with how well organized that event was and how much fun it was. Like, we, we wrapped up interviews and, like, our TCU pregame show by noon. I didn't leave there until like 
And I wasn't even playing golf. Like I just wanted to hang out. Like it was a beautiful day out there. It was a ton of fun to interact and engage with folks and and just watch and have a couple drinks out on the Colbert Hills patio. And you mentioned Lon Kruger and his group that won it. Bob Shipman, former K Stater as well, Washburn coach with his group. Uh, you know that they uh, they they put on a show out there at the golf tournament and uh, won the whole thing and got their purple jackets. And man, it was great. And we. Obviously, we talked to Coach Tang, we talked to Coach Malagy and Austin Carpenter and others just about the importance of NIL there. And I just want to emphasize, guys, if you haven't listened to those pods, they're all out now. We've got them all out on YouTube as part of the live show, so you can watch it all as part of an hour, 50-minute stream. You can break it up however you want, or you can listen to them individually. We've broken them all up in individual pods on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, on our regular platforms, on audio specifically. But I would encourage you guys to listen to that and just how they talk about NIL and how important it is to this coaching staff because they are chasing national championships and they truly believe they can win a national championship at K-State. And this weekend, Patrick Ngongba, who is the number two center in the entire 2024 recruiting class and a top 20 player in the country, is taking his second official visit to Manhattan. And they're going up against Duke, UConn, and Kentucky for Patrick Ngongba. David Castillo, the talented point guard who's already committed to K-State, they beat out KU for, okay? And they landed three top 100 recruits, top 150 recruits in the last recruiting class. They're bringing in big-time talent to Manhattan. They're bringing in big-time transfer portal talent. And so being competitive in the NIL space is ultra-important to these guys. They don't have to, they've, they've said this, Like they just need to be in the ballpark. Like, be competitive. Because if they are relatively competitive, K-State is competitive in NIL. They don't have to outbid guys. But if they are close, this staff is going to win the majority of those recruiting battles. And so they talked about it at length, Curry. Just uh, every penny matters. Every set matters. And uh, their their goal is to get, and I know this is your goal, to get the common fan to give. And the misnomer that it's, we've talked about this before, that it's so, you know, I got to give, ten thousand dollars it's for the heavy hitter donors it's really not like if you think about it five ten thousand fans giving ten twenty dollars a month it adds up to big time money absolutely absolutely and and, and you know I, I did i listened to your pod with carp um with austin carpenter and, and that's a, and he hit on that point it's a great one and that's really the reason why we launched the membership in august is because you know it, while we're going to continue to chase big dollars because they do help move the needle uh, this 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 is gonna take everybody, you know. Like you said, if we can get if we can get five thousand fans signed up at an average of let's just say twenty bucks a month, and and so far our averages are a little bit higher than that. They're about thirty two dollars a month. If we can get five thousand fans signed up at an average of twenty bucks a month, you know that's a hundred thousand dollars a month that we're putting away into the general nil fund, um, and 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 that would make a huge difference not only for keeping current guys on campus, but for making sure that we're attracting new talent to Kansas State. Because like you mentioned, but our basketball team and our football team as well are competing with, you know, the who's who of college basketball and college football when it comes to recruits these days. And whether NIL is a is a priority for those kids or not, it will always be a part of the conversation. And so we have to be competitive, like you said. Um, and, and, and I thought the basketball coaches did a great job of touching on that on Thursday. Yeah. So go to catsnil.com and check out the membership tier program that is uh, on catsnil.com. Uh, sign up if you haven't done so or consider signing up. Check it out. Find out more information. If you have questions, you can email Curry. There's contact information on there. 
um, you know, great K-State folks running Wildcat NIL over there. You, Ryan Hennington, Pearson McAtee, and some other great fine K-State folks that uh, did a heck of a job. And Ashley did tremendously with uh, organizing that event, Curry. I was blown away just how how well ran it was. I, I know there's been some questions from K-State fans. They, you know, they I think there was maybe a little FOMO from uh, some K-State fans about how fun it looked, uh, fear of missing out. So could we expect maybe events like this in the future as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we, you know, these haven't gone public yet, or I guess I can't, I can't give specific details about one of them, but uh, December 15th in Kansas city, uh, we are partnering with a, with a women's apparel company, cherry, cherry co or cherry and company um, to host a, a women's basketball fashion show down at Prairie fire and Overland park. Uh, we will be, we will be releasing information to the public, uh, very soon, but this should be a really, really fun event. Uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to have, obviously there's going to be a cocktail hour. There's going to be, you know, there's going to be the fashion show component. And then there's going to be, um, there, there's going to be a, maybe a brief auction at the end, kind of like we did with golf on Thursday, uh, to raise NIL dollars for our women's basketball team. And so that should be something really fun. Um, not the price tag won't be as expensive. And so hopefully we can get more people there, at, you know, big turnout for these, for, for their, for the women's team. Who should be a very, very good, you know, good team this year. I think a chance to go deep into the tournament if they can stay healthy and if Aoka Lee can return to her 2021, 2022 form. Uh, so we have that coming up December 15th at Prairie Fire in Overland Park. Uh, information will be going public here soon, and then we'll uh, we'll be going public with another event in Kansas City uh, here in about uh, let's see, about three or four weeks. Uh, we have a really exciting event that's going to be football related scheduled for uh, for early March in Kansas City, an event that will be the first of its kind um, that will be just a tremendous, uh, you know, tremendous event, a tremendous opportunity for our fans to get up close and personal with with certain aspects of of uh, our football program and maybe a, a rival football program as well. And so uh, keep on the lookout for that. But uh, two 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 events on the radar. We'll be bringing back the golf again next year, probably closer to the first or second game, um, and and there will be plenty other events to to, uh, to loop fans into in the future. Yeah, we'll certainly look forward to it. It was a it was a ton of fun, and uh, to Coach Tang, the entire staff, the team, they were all out there at Colbert Hills engaging with the fans as well, and uh, really enjoyed it. So, looking forward to more events like that in the future, and. Uh, we're going to go ahead and go to break, and then we're going to come back and talk K-State football here in just a moment with Curry and break down K-State's win over TCU. But first, got to tell you, as always, about our friends at Home Field Apparel. I actually just got this new shipment of uh, the Cats Kansas State basketball retro gear in, uh, if you're looking on, if you're watching on YouTube. But it is uh, just came in, actually, yesterday or over the weekend while I was out of town in Manhattan. And uh, again, as I always say, it's super comfortable and super soft fit. Got a couple new hoodies in as well and uh, retro gear all over their website, retro logos. If that's your style, it's mine. They have 40 K-State items to choose from on their website at homefieldapparel.com and you can score 15% off with the discount code 3mall 23 So get out there, check them out, stock up for the rest of K-State football season and for Kansas State men's basketball season. We'll be back next for break to uh, talk about K-State football and the win over TCU. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, Curry, we, we didn't have a chance to do a show last week. As I mentioned, they dominate Texas Tech 38-21. They dominate TCU 41-3. to And it really has gone back to starting with the ground game. Uh, Kansas State is running the heck out of the football, and it coincides as well with playing two quarterbacks and splitting reps. And, you know, maybe we just dive into the TCU game specifically. I don't think I've ever seen this before, but Kansas State alternated quarterbacks every series throughout the entirety of the game. What what did you make of that and what you saw on Saturday against the Horned Frogs? It it worked, I guess, to, to start. Um, I, I'm not crazy about it. I think it... Uh, you know, I, I don't know that I, I highly doubt that that was the game plan going in. I'm sure that they agreed going in they were going to go every other series and then ride the hot hand. But but as it turned out, they were both, you know, hot hands. Um, and, and so I, I'm not crazy about it in the, in the long run because I do think that, you know, if you get into a game where you're rotating QBs off the jump, finding, you know, in, in a tougher, you know, against maybe a, a defense who's playing as tougher than TCU did on Saturday, it's going to be harder for the offense to find a rhythm. And then you're a quarter, you're two quarters in before you find the guy and you ride that guy the rest of the game and you're probably playing catch up at that point. So I, I, I you know, continue to be less than crazy about the idea of splitting reps, uh, but it worked on Saturday. I mean, both guys, you know, had, had really, really good games. Um, you got to see sort of the dynamic that each of them bring to the table when they're out there behind center. And, and so, uh, you know, all in all, that was, you know, one of the few instances that I can remember where a dual quarterback system truly worked for the entirety of a football game. And I think a lot of it just had to do with the guys up front. Uh, for the second game in a row, they they just opened huge holes and created big running lanes for our for our running backs and for our quarterbacks. And And obviously we put up some numbers. Uh, both on the ground and in total that we haven't put up, you know, in quite some time. So uh, just really impressed with their improvements that that group has made and that they continue to make and, and you know, doing things that we expected them to do coming into the year. K-State beef, baby. Uh, speaking of NIL, Kansas State beef. You got the Kansas State beef gear on uh, catsnil.com. It's a good time to buy that stuff right now with the way this O-line is playing. I mean, Curry, what, what do you see from that offensive line? Do you think it's just a matter of they – They've gotten more repetition under their belt now, and they, they've gelled, and the continuity is, is built in, and they're here to stay now moving forward and just dominate. You know, I think I, I think yes, I think that's part of it. I mean, I think, you know, early in the year, you you had so much so much mixing and matching going on with the personnel groupings. You know, you had Cooper BB bouncing all over. You had, you know, Portier and, and Hadley exchanging, which they're still doing. 
And then you had, you know, Carver, Carver Willis out on the edge, you, you know, basically being brought up to speed, drinking through a fire hose. And then all of a sudden you get Christian Duffy back. And obviously he's an important guy in that room. And then Carver Willis starts making some really, you know, really nice improvements and you start to find a little bit more of a rhythm. So I think that's part of it. Um, I think part of it is is honestly, and, and, and obviously we saw that on uh, last Saturday against uh, Texas Tech, I think part of it is because of what Avery Johnson has brought to the table. And, and I think you've seen that help not only maybe our offensive line, but also Trayshawn Ward. Um, you know, throughout the first four games, you know, four or five games, we were primarily a downhill running football team um, because, you know, Will Will either wasn't a threat or they weren't running him the ball, you know, with the QB, you know, QB read run game um, very much. And so a lot of our run game was just straight downhill. And I don't know that that fit the, you know, that that fit the strengths of this offensive line. And then you see Avery come into the game against Texas Tech. And all of a sudden, you know, you're running a lot of zone read, a lot of zone blocking schemes. And all of a sudden, the offensive line and Trayshawn start having big time success. And so I think the, the change that has resulted from Avery being more involved in the offense is, 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 a, is a significant change in run blocking schemes. And I think, it, you know, our offense now fits the, this offensive line strengths maybe more than it did a few weeks ago at Oklahoma State or even prior to that. So I think there's a lot of different factors at play here, but I do think Avery's presence has really, really helped this offensive line. So they have uh, they had 30 runs and 10 yards or more in the first five games this season, Curry. They had 29 in the last two games alone. They had 16 against TCU. They had 13 rushes of 10 yards or more against Texas Tech, all coinciding with Avery Johnson and Will Howard both playing at the quarterback position. And Will Will's ran the ball pretty darn well, too. I mean, he's absolutely he's almost 300 yards on the season, averaging over six yards per carry. I mean, K-State's got four guys between Ward, Giddens, Avery, and, and Will Howard that are all over 200 yards and all averaging over five yards per carry. It's incredibly impressive. So I have to ask you this. It's, it's a tough question, but is there a quarterback you think that is maybe better suited for what Kansas State is trying to accomplish right now when you look at the personnel and you look at what Avery Johnson's doing out there. And Will Howard had a nice game on Saturday as well. Uh, do you turn more full-time reins over to the freshman and Avery Johnson? Or do you you know, can, do you know, sprinkle Avery Johnson in for 10 to 12 snaps a game and make Will, the veteran guy, the, the guy going forward? Because Chris Kleiman did say, to your point, Curry, after the game, he, he didn't think that they could continue to do what they did on Saturday against TCU. That's not sustainable. So that, that doesn't seem like that's planned going forward. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's a tough decision and I've, I've told this to, I've said this to numerous people, but I do, I do not envy the, the people who have to make that decision because, you know, you have two really good quarterbacks, two quarterbacks with, with strong skill sets, different skill sets, but strong skill sets. Um, and, and, and uh, yeah, so I, I don't envy that, you know, the, the decision makers there, but I, I do think, uh, a decision has to be made in one direction or the other for the sake of the football team and the rhythm uh, of the of the offensive group. I, I do think, you know, it, Will Howard is a good quarterback. I mean, there is no doubt about it. He led us to a Big 12 championship. I think he's a fine quarterback. Um, he has a lot of positive, you know, positive traits at that position. But I think based on this football team and the composition of our offense, I think I, I think Avery Johnson is the guy who's best suited to win us ball games. We've seen it all year long. In large part, uh, we we have a, we have a group of restric- uh, receivers who struggle to get open and make plays. Um, and, and as I mentioned earlier, I think this offensive line is 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 best suited. Their strengths are best suited for a, more of a zone type run scheme. 
Um, and so I think with those two things in mind, that that plays right into the strengths of Avery Johnson. You know, you 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 run a lot of zone with him in the game. You're not putting as much pressure on your receivers to get open, be a straight drop back passes, quick game, intermediate routes, whatever it may be. Um, Avery's Avery's strengths in the running game, and also you know his his strengths in tandem with DJ Giddens and Treshawn Ward. That's only going to help the guys outside. It's going to give them more opportunities to get open. You know, whether it be via RPOs or just having you know having softer softer back ends. And so I, I do think that, um, that that based on, again, the composition of this offensive group, that Avery Johnson is the guy who is going to help us win football games the most right now. And that's not, again, that's no knock on Will Howard, but I do think, you know, Avery's not going to be expected to do as much just straight drop back passing uh, out there and not deal with maybe some of those same uh, frustrations that Will has dealt with in the early part of the year. And so I do think if, I, if I'm making the decision, you know, I ride with the young guy. Yeah, we all we all love Will, and we love what Will's done for this program and the leader that he is and uh, everything he brings to the table, a consummate teammate, and uh, really grateful for him. And still, he's obviously going to continue to have moments for this football team probably as well, but that's that's great analysis. Curry, and, and I want to hit on a guy that you talked to me about a few weeks ago and Jace Brown, true freshman wide receiver. Look, we talked about maybe some lack of attention to detail on routes a few weeks ago after that Oklahoma State game from some of the wide receivers. And uh, I was pretty darn impressed with some of the routes that Jace Brown was moving out there. That touchdown pass that he had uh, where he faked the out. Uh, you, you have a better description of what that pattern probably was, Curry, but uh, a really nice ran route. He created separation. He created space. He's a true freshman. He's a roommate of Avery Johnson. They're best friends. Uh, what did you make of what you saw from Jace Brown and, and maybe how he changes the dynamics of this offense, having a guy at wide receiver that can help open things up as well. Yeah, I was, I was super impressed. Um, I can't, you know, I, I, I've been looking for more from him, at least as, in terms of involvement. I can't say that I, you know, I, I have to say I didn't see that game coming, uh, but, but incredibly impressed with what he brought to the table. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, the, the, the route that he ran when he caught the touchdown pass. I mean, that's just a, that that's a, basically a post route. Um, but in, in, you know, running that route in the red zone, you just have to have a lot more route savvy, uh, to get open and to create separation when the field is otherwise condensed. And he did just that, you know, he pushed to the outside leverage of the defensive back, got across his face, got a ton of separation, caught an easy touchdown pass. I mean, that's a route that, you know, we, we didn't run it a ton because it's a hard route to throw and catch, um, you know, basically in tight coverage, if you're the quarterback, you got to throw it at the bottom part of the, uh, you know, at the crossbar on the goalpost. But he got so much separation that it didn't matter. But Tyler Lockett ran that route um, as well as anybody. And and, and Jace, you know, kind of showed me some old signs of, of Tyler Lockett there running that route. So just super impressed with that route. You know, the, the deep the deep ball that he caught from Avery there in the first quarter, um, very, very impressed with that. I mean, that's one thing that we've struggled to do is make catches in, you know, in traffic this year and, and catching a deep ball over your outside shoulder with a guy draped all over you and trying to hold your arms down for a true freshman. That's a, that's a super impressive play. And so for him being a small guy to fight through the, you know, all the, all the hand fighting that was going on and go up and make that play shows me a lot about his maturity and how far along he is in the progression as far as receivers go. And, and so very optimistic about his future, both this year and, and, and years, for, year, years forward. Um, and, and what he can do for us this year, it's exactly what we saw on Saturday. He brings a speed element that we don't otherwise have in the offense, at least not with 
with uh with without a healthy Keegan Johnson. Um and so I think, you know, he he like Avery can really do wonders for the rest of the guys because he can take pressure off based on his speed alone. And so I look for him to become much more involved in the offense moving forward uh throughout the rest of the season. And I thought his most impressive play obviously was the play you talked about, Curry, in the first quarter where he caught it near the pylon because he was you know, I thought he was getting interfered with. Defender didn't really turn around. A lot of hand fighting, and uh, he still makes the play. And also, you know, pretty special just to watch Avery Johnson releases that ball when Jace Brown's only like seven yards off the line of scrimmage. And it seems like those two have a connection uh, with each other and a sense of where each other is going to be on the football field, and they spend a lot of time together. So really looking forward to watching that uh, that duo moving forward into the future and some of these other freshman wide receivers hopefully get on the field as well as we saw some Changes on the depth chart uh, that came out today. Actually, Trey Spivey is an, an or on the depth chart as well. He's made an appearance on the two deep. Uh, Jace Brown is now listed as a starter at wide receiver after what he did and impressed against TCU. Curry, switching sides to the defensive side of the football, hold TCU to three points. U.S. points TCU has scored since 1993, from what I found uh, in a game, an incredibly impressive performance, regardless of the fact that they were facing a redshirt freshman quarterback that Josh Hoover threw for 439 the week prior against BYU. He has 132 going into that last drive of garbage time against Kansas state and TCU and Sonny Dykes and Kendall Bryles led offense. They could never get anything going. And you don't see a Sonny Dykes offense typically struggle in the way that they did, but maybe what impressed you most about that Kansas state defense and their relentless effort? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just a just a collective effort from that group. I mean, they were just dominant from start to finish. And 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 I, you know, coming off of Josh Huber's performance against BYU, I was a little worried about, you know, I I think I mentioned this to Mitch Fordner last week in in a in a spot I do on K Man. I said, you know, I'm beginning or I, I'm I'm a little bit worried that that Chandler Morris is like good luck Chuck um, from I don't know if you watched that movie back in the day, but you know. Chandler Morris was the starter last year and then, you know, got hurt. Max Duggan comes in, almost wins a Heisman, almost leads him to a national championship. Chandler Morris gets hurt this year and Josh Huber comes in and throws for a bazillion yards and, and, and destroys BYU, a pretty good BYU football team. And so I was worried about, okay, is this a guy who's now getting his shot and he's going to be like Max Duggan was last year? But um, our defense just gave him, you know, all kinds of fits from from start to finish. And, and I, I just thought it was the best, you know, collective effort that we've had all year. I mean, we got some pressure on the quarterback again. Our linebacking group continues to play really, really well. Um, we saw corners making big plays. I mean, having Jacob Parrish back and healthy is huge. And you have, you know, Keenan Garber and Will Lee on the other side doing some good things. The safeties continue to improve and make plays. Uh, just, just was really, really impressed with uh, the collective effort from the defense and from Coach Klanderman and his staff. I mean, that was a game where you could tell, you know, every time they, they put a shot at Kendall Bryles on the uh, on the screen, you could tell that he was just perplexed trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to move the ball against this defense? And, and, and fortunately, our coaches were two steps ahead. A lot of playmakers on that TCU offense. You look up and down that roster, they had transfers from LSU, transfers from Alabama, Oklahoma, UCF, Arkansas. All over the place, and that's not even counting Savion Williams, six foot five, two hundred twenty-five pound receiver that actually didn't transfer and was somebody recruited into that program. Jared Wiley, six foot seven tight end who had nine receptions for over a hundred yards in two games against Kansas State last year. He really couldn't get anything going either. And then Amani Bailey, who was top ten in the country in rushing yards, and you know, outside of a couple big runs by Bailey, K State really bottled up the running game for the most part as well, and you know, just buried 
TCU and, and don't allow them to get into the end zone. Curry, I want to ask you about the secondary because I was, you know, there were communication errors earlier in the year, but to me, that group looks like they are really gelling as time goes on, which isn't surprising because they've gotten to play together more now and they had a lot of new guys. We talked about it before. They didn't have a single returning start at cornerback on this football team. And, you know, you look at the safeties and BJ Payne, who looks to me be getting more comfortable, Marquis Siegel looks to be getting very comfortable and really good player now, and Kobe Savage, obviously. Uh, and then you got Jacob Parrish, Will Lee, and Keenan Garber, I thought, played really well against TCU as well. It feels like you've built not only some depth, but that they're more consistently playing together now. What what have you seen from that secondary? Yeah, it just seems like they're starting to gel. And I and I think I, I think you and I talked about this a few weeks ago. I think the question, and the question was, or somebody asked a question of, you know, who do you see which group do you see coming together first, our receivers or our, or our defensive backs? And I said, you know, without question, it's our DBs. And, and obviously, yes, there were communication errors. There were missed assignments early in the season, um, things that give fans fits. But those guys were making plays from the beginning, and it was only a matter of time before they corrected those, you know, those those errors um, and, and fixed those communication issues and got to the point where they are now. Like you said, I mean, cut, you know, at the start of the year, we had, you know, Jacob Parrish, basically first-time starter, number one corner. We had Will Lee, Juco transfer, first-time starter, you know, number two corner. We had Kobe Savage coming off of a torn ACL. We had B.J. Payne, who was basically a first-time starter at the strong safety position, um, you know, a young, young guy. And then you have Marcus Siegel, who's played cornerback a lot at the FCS level, transferring to more of a safety position, um, inside safety, you know, in, kind of inside corner role. And, and so there was just bound to be growing pains. I mean, that's a whole new group of five guys to try to gel together um, and, and make into a really productive unit. And, and obviously, Coach Kleinerman has done that very, very rapidly. And so just very impressed with what we're seeing from those guys. I mean, that is that is a solid group. Um, and I think they're only going to get better and better as the season progresses. And, and like you said, I mean, it's you know, we we've started to establish some depth there. Maybe because we were forced to play other guys due to injury. I mean, Colby McAllister has given us some good snaps. Um, you know, Keenan Garber has done some really good things for us. Even Justice James a couple weeks ago at Oklahoma State. You know, that's a group that, it, it, you know, depth was a concern. The youth and inexperience was a concern. And now over halfway into the season, we're starting to see that, that some of those question marks have been, you know, erased. And, and I think, you know, there's a lot of talent in that room, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, a lot of credit has to be given to Coach Klanderman and Coach Malone for the work that they do with the defensive back group every year. I mean, it seems like every year we're putting new guys back into that, you know, into that room, into that group. And every year they find a way to make that room gel and make it into one of our, you know, one of the stronger position groups on the team. And so hats off to Coach Klanderman and Coach Malone for the work that they put in. They're obviously very, very good football coaches. Oh, they're tremendous, and they're tremendous secondary guys as well. And um, look, when we had Avery Johnson on the pod last week as part of our player spotlight, he talked about Coach Kleiman, his involvement in the quarterback room at Kansas State, just like giving the quarterbacks the eyes of the defensive mind and what he sees from a defensive perspective. Adrian Martinez told us that same very thing last year when we had him on the pod. Uh, those guys are brilliant defensive minds, and especially in the secondary with what they're doing there, you know, and obviously look, K-State's faced some backup quarterbacks. We know that, but uh, I don't think anyone's going to be feeling bad about that. If you're a Kansas State fan, Kansas State's had their share of quarterback injuries over the years. So not going to get any apologies from K-State fans. 
now we turn the tables. Well, I, I should say also, I mean, shout out to Desmond Purnell. Played a heck of a game. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. And super impressive. I mean, he is, you know, a guy who, you know, we've had, we there, there, obviously there were a number of guys who received an unbelievable amount of, of praise this offseason, and some have lived up to that billing and some haven't. And unfortunately, Desmond is one of them. Uh, just, you know, a guy who got, you know, maybe thrown into the fire a little sooner than, than, than maybe was expected last season and, and had some growing pains, but he's just been an animal all season and, and uh, made a lot of plays again on Saturday. That interception was an incredible play by him, really baited the quarterback into making that throw and then made a hell of a catch. Uh, so just continue to be impressed with him and really excited about the future of our defense with Desmond Purnell there in the middle. Yeah, Topeka product. We're looking to try and get him on as this week's player spotlight on 3Maw, brought to you by Riverbank Brewing and Council Grove in a partnership with Wildcat NIL, as you guys have probably heard by now. Speaking of Riverbank Brewing, we are uh, hoping to have a tailgate on the west side with Riverbank Brewing. A little taste sample. Uh, you guys can get some taste samples of Riverbank Brewing. We just did that with Holiday Distillery, our friends there at the, the golf tournament in Manhattan at Colbert Hills with Wyatt serving up some amazing drinks that you mentioned earlier, Curry. And, uh, I know Riverbank is uh, getting a tailgate spot set up on the west side for uh, Saturday's game against Houston. So look out for more information to come there. We'll uh, we'll get you guys that spot, and uh, some of the Three Mall crew will hopefully be over there, and you guys come over and test some of the uh, the craft beers, the amazing craft beers that Riverbank Brewing has uh, as part of that uh, you know sponsorship and promotion of our player spotlight segment. Well. Uh, Curry, I think that's that's going to do it for this. Kansas State now, Houston on Saturday, 11 a.m. kick, and uh, you start to dream a little bit and think about the uh, chance to get off to a 4-1 start in league play, which actually when we did our preview pod on the season, I had K-State at 4-1 and in Big 12 play. The path to get there is a little different than we expected, but hey, Curry, I'll, I'll say this. like The loss to Missouri and the loss to Oklahoma State, they, they don't look that bad anymore. I mean, Missouri is a top 20 team and Oklahoma State's won three in a row, including a nice win against KU and then go and score 48 at West Virginia on Saturday. So uh, they're five and two now overall as well. And uh, everything's on the table. Kansas State's setting up potentially a big game in Austin next weekend. You got to go to that? Unfortunately, I'm not. I My wife is due with Lado Bell. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I I uh I like you like you like you know I I was in Vegas this weekend and so I think uh my traveling days are 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 limited for the foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be on stay-at-home duty now. You got your last trip in. Uh, we're trying to figure out if we're going to go to Austin or Las Vegas for the uh, the men's basketball game against USC. Make, make them both happen, man. Make them both happen. Curry, I don't know if I'm young enough to do it anymore, but I guess we could uh we could potentially try that. Uh Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. Yeah, uh, it would be a lot of fun. I'm sure there's going to be some K-State fans that do it. Uh, but, hey, hope to see you guys all out at uh, Kansas State, Houston on Saturday in Manhattan. Another big game as Kansas State hopes to get off to a 4-1 and one start in league play. Appreciate you, Curry, for uh, jumping on once again, as always. And uh, we'll talk to you all next week, hopefully after another K-State victory. Thanks again for listening to another 3-Maw bonus edition. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.